right. Well, like Jason said, my name is Maddie, um, and I grew up in Gig Harbor, Washington. I brought pictures because I'm a visual person. Um, and this really is what it looks like. That's Mount Rainier in the background. I could see that every day on my way to school if it wasn't raining, which sometimes it does that in Washington. Um, I have a really great mom and a dad. You can see them. That's me at graduation from UW. Go dogs. Um, and I'm the oldest of four. I have two younger brothers and a younger sister named Greta Kate. She is sweetie. Um, <laughs> that was for you, Blake. Um, but I also have this person in my life who is really, really important to me, and her name is Annika. She's my best friend. Um, this is us. <laughs> I've known her my whole life, her whole life, because she's younger than me. Um, and our dads have known each other since they were in junior high. So we were just destined to be best friends, and she's really wonderful. And um, she is getting married this summer, and I get to be her maid of honor, and I'm so excited. <laughs> so that's just a little bit about me and <laughs> um, the people I really love and who I really admire and respect. And I'm really proud of all of the people that I just talked to you guys about. And um, anyway, just wanted you to know a little bit about me. Um, so being the first intern to preach has a couple of benefits, and one of them is that I get to start a tiny contest called Who is the Cutest Baby of All the Interns? Um, so <laughs> this is my baby picture. So cute, so sweet, you win. Just kidding. Okay. Um, and so, you know, soak it in. This is me at Christmas. So cute. Velvet, love it. Um, <laughs> Bonus photo, I <laughs> was in a baby beauty contest when I was little. So you are looking at the 1993 Miss Muffy. That's me. <laughs> so thank you very much. Beat that, interns. Good luck. Um, so <laughs> anyway. Okay, good, that's gone. Um, so tonight, uh, as we've been talking about debatable issues, and we'll continue to talk about those over the next few weeks, I get to talk about women in ministry. And if you haven't noticed, I am a woman, and I work in ministry. <laughs> Surprise. So um, I get it. If you guys think that I might have a really major bias in this topic as I talk about it, but I do want to say that I was not excited about this at the beginning because I grew up in Washington, which is pretty liberal, and there you don't even question whether or not a woman can preach or do anything, really. It's not a big deal, and so I just had never really thought about it, never really wrestled with it, and so here I was like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just girls and boys. Like, they're basically the same. <laughs> um, they're not. Um, so, anyway, I didn't even realize it was such a huge debate until I moved here to the Bible Belt, which is very different than Washington. Um, and so, with all of this crazy stuff, I've learned about verses and books and research and all of this. It's a lot. Um, and I got really overwhelmed. But in the midst of this, I have learned a lot about how we can follow Jesus in a really real and tangible and unified way. And that's what I'm excited to share with you guys tonight. So please, before we get started, uh, bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for these people. And thank you so much for this night. Thank you so much for this topic and the ways that you've shown me that you love each person here that you care about each person here. 
I pray that your words stand out more than anything that comes out of my mouth tonight. And I pray that you will bless this time and this space as we talk about who you are and how much you care about us. So in Jesus' name, amen. Um, So first, I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of different opinions floating around this room right now. Kind of an elephant in the room, maybe, maybe not. That's okay, we're gonna talk about it. Um, Some people in here have, you know, like me, have never really thought about it, like, cool, women can preach, whatever. Not a big deal. Maybe, or maybe people have a woman pastor back home and they are maybe offended that someone would even think of prohibiting a woman from doing anything. Girls rule, feminism, whatever. Which is great. Like, if that's what your conviction is, awesome. I'm excited you're here. Um, some people don't really care. Some people have researched a ton. Some people here haven't researched at all, which is okay. Some people skip over passages in their Bible because they're not really sure where that fits into their ideas and so they're like, We'll deal with that later. It's okay. Um, some people maybe want to walk out right now because I'm a girl and I'm preaching. And, you know, it's not because it's like, we hate you. Because I know, you know, you're all excited about me. But <laughs> it's not in a malicious way, but it's just because that's how they're raised, that they feel like women really shouldn't be teaching men. And that's great. There's places in the Bible that talk about that. And so... Um, you can, t- you can see that if there's that many opinions just in this room, and there's a huge range of opinions just in this room, how many opinions there have been in the course of history, especially in the last 50 to 75 years since there have been some cultural changes. Um, and so when I started looking into this, I was very overwhelmed with all of the things that go along with this idea, that the umbrella of women in ministry is out of control. There is way more in it than just, can a woman be a pastor? Because it's bigger than that. So what I'm gonna do, to give you a sense of how overwhelming it really is, I'm gonna list off some questions that go in this, that go under this umbrella that I've wrestled with for a few months now. Um, And I don't want you guys to focus on one question. I just want you to kind of get the sense of how big it is. Okay, ready? Here we go. Um, What kind of ministry roles can women have? What does the Bible say about all of this? Are women inferior to men? Are they equal to men? Does society value women? Do we as Christians value women? Should I take it personally as a woman when someone tells me I can't preach? How do cultural changes in the last 75 years affect this topic? What about Deborah or Miriam or Ruth or Esther or all these women that were in the Bible that were clearly important or else they probably wouldn't be in there? Can women be prophets? Could they be back then? Does Paul contradict himself when he says one thing versus another thing? Like, yeah, there's these really great women disciples in Romans 16, but then also women can't teach men in 1 Timothy. Does he contradict himself or does it somehow make sense to him? What about lesbian, gay, transgender, bi, queer, all those people? Like, what is a woman? Do we really know? Male and female were created before the fall, so does that make an impact? How does language like ordained affect it? Women couldn't even read in Bible times, and when they got their period, they were like exiled to a tent in the back, which is just awkward, and now they don't do that, thank goodness. So does that affect how we think of things? What, um, what about when Jesus came to the New Testament, overthrew all these rules like Jewish dietary restrictions and all this crazy stuff, 
And did it also overthrow these ideas of the old-fashioned views of women? In Luke 8, women traveled as co-workers to spread the word of God, and Jesus didn't really seem to be that upset about it, so what's up with that? If a church says a woman can't preach but then sends her as a missionary, does that mean the church leaders don't value the woman as a teacher in their church or doesn't value the people that she's going to teach in this like, third-world country, whatever that means? What about the fact that there are faithful and unfaithful, male and female teachers? What about passages of Scripture that are used differently for both arguments? Do I have to choose between the two main schools of thought complementarian and egalitarian, which are two really big words, and I'm still not totally sure what they mean. Do I have to think, pick one of those, or do, can I just have my own ideas, because that's way easier. Does God give spiritual gifts based on gender? That's too much. <laughs> that's a lot. Like, I'm getting stressed out just reading out this list. It's huge, and it's crazy, and it's overwhelming. And so while I was thinking about all of these questions, the question of can a woman teach a man from a pulpit was the one that I probably wrestled with the most. And recently in conversations, that's been the one that people have wrestled with a lot, probably more than other questions. Um, and so I sat on this idea for a long time just by myself. I mulled it over and over in my head and I kept thinking about different ideas and bringing in new scripture and just sitting and thinking and I realized that I don't have the mental capacity to come up with this a real true conclusion on my own. So I went to some smart people in my life who I just listed for you. Um, I talked to my dad to see if his views have changed in his last 50-some years of life and what he thinks now. I talked to my best friend to see if maybe if I talked it out that would help me or maybe she has some other great ideas because I really respect her and what she thinks of the Bible so maybe she has, can help me. Um, I talked to one of my core group girls about a different debatable topic, but had a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same conclusions. So does that, you know, what did that mean for me? Um, I talked to Jason and Kirsten and my fellow interns, and I realized that when I started talking about this question, the ways we have these conversations help us understand the debatable issue itself. In debatable issues, the word debate, it's implied that we talk about things. It's hard to have a debate by yourself. It implies that we have conversations, that we discuss things, that maybe we even argue about things. And it's really hard to debate someone and get a new perspective or a new idea or grow in your own ideas when you have a tight fist perspective. And we'll come back to this idea in a little bit. So, tight fist. Um, if we go in a conversation ready to deck someone, ready to punch out their ideas and be like, no, you're wrong, I'm right, me. We don't leave very much wiggle room for new ideas to come in or new perspectives. And that kind of a debate can leave us feeling really frustrated and disrespected. And so I want to look at an, maybe an idea of what this could be, something that's not about women in ministry, but we'll see if it makes some connections. Um, picture me and Annika going to a store, a great clothing store like Nordstrom or something. We're going shopping and I try on this great dress and I'm really excited to show her, come out of the dressing room and she's like, I don't really think you should get that. And in my head, I start going, she doesn't think I should get this, which means she doesn't like it, which means she doesn't like my style, which means that she just thinks that I have really poor taste, which means she's probably better than me and I've, thought she, I've been jealous of her for like six years now and so clearly she thinks she's better than me and I don't think we can be friends anymore. And then she makes a comment about how it's kind of expensive 
and I'm like, well, your parents can pay for college and mine can't really, so that really sucks. I'm super stressed out about money and you know that, so why would you do that? And now you're putting a huge wedge in our friendship and I haven't said any of this out loud, but in my head, it's a huge deal. And then I think, okay, she'd probably look great in this because she's like a model and I'm not and so now I feel really insecure about my weight and what I look like and all of these things and so now a conversation about a dress has turned into me feeling fat and ugly and stupid and poor and all of these things that are not really happening, probably. And it's a conversation about a dress. <laughs> like, we've all done this, I'm sure. This, I mean, really. And the conversation could have gone a very different way if I walked out of this dressing room and I was like, hey, look at this cute dress. And she's like, ah, you know, I don't really think you should get that. And instead of being like, what? I hear her and I listen to the words she's saying and just the words she's saying. She's like, you know, it's not maybe the most flattering and it's kind of expensive and I think you could find something better. So let's keep looking. That is a conversation about a dress, <laughs> right? So now something that we've argued about and something that we've debated has gone from our whole friendship and everything I ever known about her to just actually what we're talking about. I went from having, in the first scenario, I didn't really trust that she had my best interest in mind. And I came into it with this tight fist on, this is gonna be about our whole friendship. It's gonna be something about jealousy and she knows I'm like this and so she's gonna be trying to get at me. Which, okay, whatever. She's my best friend, so no. Versus coming out with an open fist and being like, okay, here's some things she's telling me. What do I think about them? We might still disagree and that's okay because it's a dress. <laughs> we're gonna disagree about things because we're different people. That's okay, that's good. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, also in the second scenario, I knew that this conversation we were having about a dress was under this umbrella of our friendship. And this umbrella was based on trust and love and I knew that she had my best interest in mind and I trusted that. I trusted that this friendship was bigger than any conversation about a dress, right? So when Annika or when whoever asks us something that, or tells us something that we're not, we don't agree with or wants to argue with us about something, do we trust that they have our best interest at heart? Do we trust that they love us? Do we trust that God cares about us? Do we trust that God's plans and intentions that are talked about in the Bible are good? The big question here, I think, is do we care about what God cares about when it comes to these debatable topics? Do we care about what God cares about when we argue about women in ministry or whatever it is? And the answer seems obvious, because when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, duh, of course I care about what God cares about. I love him, he loves me, woohoo. Okay, but really, I think the answer is more complex than duh. Um, the question implies that we know what God cares about. Do we? Do we know what he cares about? Sometimes I think we can just assume that we know what he cares about. Or sometimes I think that we take for granted what our parents or our pastors or our friends or whoever have told us without really looking it up for ourselves. Sometimes I think that we take God's ideas and try and fit them into how we understand things instead of being open to a new perspective and being open to change so that his ideas and his truth can be filled into our lives. We talk about, sometimes we care more about the debatable issue itself than what God cares about. We talk to talk, really, sometimes, 
especially about women in ministry, sometimes we're just talking to talk and talking to get our points across without really thinking about how our conclusions could change or what this conversation could be like in a larger framework of love or unity or whatever it is that God cares about. We're more confident in our own opinions than in what God says. So do we care about what God cares about, especially when we argue or talk about debatable issues? And I think it's important to talk about what he cares about. So one thing that I am very confident that he is, cares about is unity, this idea of unity. So Hebrews 4.2, please. Um, For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Okay, I'm gonna read it again because I like that. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. This is what God cares about, it's in his word. And his word is good and true. And this is what he says, he cares about unity, unity by faith. And we're not talking about unity for unity's sake because we need to be unified for something, unified for a greater purpose. Like for example, take, this is really extreme, but bear with me, take Nazi Germany, which was probably the most united government military that we have ever seen in our modern world. And they even used the Bible to unify their masses crazy, bad. I think we can all agree that their purpose was not a good one. But God's purpose is good. God desires for us to be unified for his purpose. And he talks about this purpose in Ephesians. It's like magic. I love it. Um, We're speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. God cares about unity. He cares about us building each other up in love and doing that through unity. That is his purpose. His purpose is for us to live this out, to unify and build each other up. So do you care about this? God does. He put it in his Bible. Is it in what you, you know, your handbook? Your playbook? I don't know. I'm sure there's some sportsy people out there. Not me. Um, Do you care? Sometimes we don't. And that's when we debate with this tight fist. We kind of put aside God's idea of unity and come at it like, Okay, yeah, I know, okay, he says this, but I really think I'm right, so I'm gonna hold on to it. And in this case, we're putting our biases and our opinions higher than what God says, higher than this unity that God so dearly cares about. And I love this idea. I love the idea that unity can lead to these better conversations. And so, if we're supposed to be unified for this greater purpose, Hebrews 4.2, back up there, please, Um, No, 4-2, sorry, it's confusing. Great, you're awesome. (laughs) Um, Based on this, there's this really real and tangible way that we can grow in this unity, and that is listening. The people in this verse who didn't reap the benefits of this message are separated from the people who did reap the benefits by listening. It says, they were not united by faith with those who listened. So by listening to each other, 
we can be unified. We can reap these benefits of the message, which is really exciting. And God cares about that in his Bible, and that's good. So when we don't listen to our roommates who disagree with us, or with our mom who was raised in a different time, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or with friends who we're like, you know, you're making dumb decisions, then we aren't allowing this room for unity. And any message or argument that we hear won't really benefit us because we're not really listening. So when I went home for Christmas break, I was at Annika's engagement party, which was very fun and very fancy, and I loved it. Um, people, all of these people, all our friends and family, everyone was asking me, how do you like Tennessee? How do you like the house? La, la. And I, all I could say was, it is really hard, but it's really, really wonderful. Being an intern is hard. <laughs> and I did not expect it to be as hard as it is. But it's a lot of personal growth, and it's a lot of wrestling with things that you've never really had the space to wrestle with before. And it's a lot of tasks and things, and you're not really sure what you're supposed to be doing, and people ask you, and you're like, I don't know, I hang out with a lot of people, and it's really great, but I'm really tired all the time, and I don't really know why. And there's not really a measure of success, because <laughs> I don't know how you measure eternal things. I don't think you can, which is the point, and that's a little bit frustrating in our quantitative world. Um, and on top of that, I had moved away from my friends and my family and people that I really cared about into this weird foreign land with queso and Chick-fil-A and southern accents. And I just, <laughs> I really love all of those things, but I'm not used to them. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so it was really hard to, to adjust, and I felt really discouraged. I'd, I didn't feel encouraged at all by anyone around me, and I was really sad, and I was really lonely. And so, and okay, true confession, I have a really hard time talking about my feelings, really hard, stonewall. Um, and so because it's so hard for me to open up, I really didn't until towards the end of the semester when I sat down with Kirsten and we talked about this and I told her how I was really feeling and I told her, I'm sad. <laughs> I told her I'm really frustrated and I told her I would really love for more encouragement, more specific encouragement from you guys. Like, I would really appreciate that. And so this semester, coming back, it's been great. Like, I've felt really encouraged and really cared for, and it's awesome. However, <laughs> I realize that it's not really because they're encouraging me more, but it's because now I'm listening to it. Now I'm listening for it. Now I can hear when they're saying, hey, I really love something artsy that you did, or I really, like, that was a really cool conversation you had, or I don't know, whatever it is. And I can hear it, and I can reap the benefits of that message. But now that I can hear it, I can reap the benefits of those, and now I feel so much more unified with the staff. And I really know that they love me and that they care about me. <clears throat> um. <laughs> yeah, and so I just realized that I hadn't been reaping any of these benefits that they had been offering me all along. Um. And that's why I'm really confident that God cares about this unity, because I've lived it. I've experienced it. I've experienced the difference between me listening and being unified and loving the people I'm around and loving life and loving Jesus and caring about what he cares about versus being not listening and not being unified and not reaping any of those benefits and wondering why and feeling sad. So because for me, I've really felt it and I've experienced it and because I'm so convinced that the Bible is good and true and perfect, 
I know this is true. I know that God cares about this. And what I know even more is that he cares about you. <laughs> he cares about unity and he cares about these things so dearly because he cares about you even more. And he cares about me even more than that. Like, really, you hear that. Like God cares about you more than he cares about the ways we have these conversations. If all you hear tonight is God cares about you, great, that's great, because <laughs> that's really all I want you to know. I want you to know that he loves you and that he cares about you, and that's why these things are important. Because if he wants what's best for us, he's going to tell us, okay, here, if you listen and you're unified, then like, that's going to be better. And I'm going to meet you where you are, even if it's in a place that I kind of wish you weren't because it's sad. I'm still going to be there for you, but listen to me because I care about you. And I want you to be unified, and I want you to have these amazing friendships. And so, all that to say, there's a difference between having a conversation with a tight fist and an open hand. There's a difference between having a conversation when you are unified in God's word and you're unified under this idea of trusting him and trusting that his word is good. And the conversations we have under that, under that umbrella, they're awesome. We are so free under that to fight and to be mad and to argue because at the end of the day, we know that God cares about you and he cares about me more than he cares about our opinions. And that's great. That's awesome. So we want to focus on this idea of God caring about us and God caring about the ways we have these conversations so that we can be free to have them. And so, I have a ton of marble that I borrowed from my host brother. And so I want to do a ton of demonstration of this, because um, I'm, again, a very visual person. But if you think of this marble as an idea, and, you know, if we're holding it in a fist, you can't see it, I can't, I'm going to hold on to it for dear life, because I am right. Probably not. Um, I'm going to hold on to this idea that women can be ministers, women can't be ministers, and I need a yes or no answer to the fit in my fist, and I'm not going to change it. And if you come in and try and take it away, pfft, good luck. It's in a fist. Goodbye. Versus, if I have it in an open hand, it's still there. It's still my opinion. And it might not change, and that's okay. My opinions didn't really change when I talked about women, when I researched women in ministry. I ended up at the same conclusion, but with a totally new perspective. I went from this to this. And that's exciting. When we have an open hand like this, God is able to come in and maybe change them or maybe leave them alone. But it's about what he cares about more than our opinions. And so the only thing that I'm going to hold on tight to is the word of God. Because through that, he can change our tight fist into an open one. And he can change us so that we can connect with our peers this change is good. It's scary, but it's really, really good. And he does it because he cares about you and he loves you. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much for these people. I pray that they really, truly heard that you love them and that you care about them. And I pray that they leave this place desiring the unity that you desire for us. Lord, I pray that we can go away from this feeling encouraged. I thank you so much for each person that came tonight and each person that has heard your word, your good and perfect word. We love you. Amen.